We are in the third episode of a series called It's Never Too Late. Oh, that was good. It's never too late. It's never too late. Just, I think so many of us are convinced by the lie that you missed your chance. You missed the window. You, 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 you already ruined the business. You ruined the marriage. You ru- ruined your kids. You ruined your life. It's over. It's done. But I love God. God says to you and I, you woke up today to fresh mercy. You woke up today to a brand new beginning. In fact, God says, listen, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your transgressions from you. We serve the God that's slow to anger, but he's rich in love. He's actually wooing you today. He is calling you today into a brand new beginning. So you might have made a mistake, but you are not a mistake. You might have messed some things up, but we serve the God of redemption, the God of restoration, the God that can rebuild and renew and restore. It's just never too late. It's never too late for you to get your life right. It's never too late for you to forgive somebody. It's never too late for you to apologize. The other day I was in the car with somebody, and I don't know why the song came over me. It's too late to apologize. It's too late. And the guy in the front seat was like, my cousin wrote that song. I'm like, of all the chances, this is kind of crazy. And then I was like, you, like, stop. Your cousin wrote that song. It's too late to apologize. It's too late. He was like, yeah. And I was like, well, he did okay for himself. He's like, yeah, he's good. The enemy's always like, it's too late. You done it messed up. God's always like, come on, fresh start new beginning in fact what the enemy took from you I can bring back double fold I know it's cliche but just I'm a little cheesy I got four kids I can do I can do dad jokes okay God will give you double for your trouble Job goes through hell on earth he loses all kinds of stuff he thinks it's dead and gone God gives him back twice the amount what he had God can give you double for his trouble I want to remind somebody listen God has a fast forward button he can use it whenever he wants what what could have taken you five ten years with God can take you five minutes five hours five days because he is the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He is the God that says the earth is the Lord's and everything that is within it. He is in control. He is sovereign. It is not too late. You have a brand new start. Somebody just right there in the house, get encouraged. God is good. So if you missed episode one, we talked about how God has been saying to us, uh, now come more love. Now God is saying this, it's never too late, but you need to, let's just step in this now. Now come to God. Now get right. Last week, we talked about the two B's that are important in your life, that God deals with your brokenness and your boundness. In fact, we sat in a lot of B's last week. If you missed, let me just recap. We talked about how God, he he always moves like this. You belong before you believe. Once you believe, you start to become. In these B's, we also talked about this idea that God wants to heal your brokenness and free you from your boundness. 
He, in, in other words, Jesus' ministry is a ministry of healing and deliverance. I used the story of Samson last week where, where the enemy, this is not to make much of him, but the enemy is always trying to bind you and then blind you. Again, there's a lot of bees today, just like God's up in your beesness. Come on, I'm a dad, you guys. I'm wearing a sweater from Zara. It's fine. a lot of bees man belong and believe and become and bound and broke i want to just add another bee today if it's okay because i think god doesn't just want to deal with your boundness or your brokenness i think god wants to heal your bitterness in fact we're going to talk today it's never too late to forgive that god wants to get that bitterness out of your life some of you don't realize that your bitterness is leading you to brokenness. Your bitterness is leading you to being bound to something. Your bitterness is causing you to be blinded to what God's plan is for your life. And we've got to start to get forgiveness in our life because God can't promote you and God can't use you if you're so easily offended. You ever have somebody in your life that you've got to walk on eggshells around them? You're just like, i got to walk on eggshells because they're so easily offended. Listen, God knows that he cannot promote your life if you're so easily offended. Because, listen, he trusts those that can handle problems, that can handle conflict. In fact, the Bible says, Jesus said this way, to whom much is given, much is required. Why would God give you a lot? Because he knows what's required of you. You don't have the character. You don't have the wherewithal. You don't have the stamina. You don't have the perseverance. And you don't have the ability to forgive. God knows if he's going to promote you. Listen, there's going to be all kinds of people in your life, which means there's going to be problems in your life. More people equals more problems. I know bad boy entertainment's like more money, more problems, but God said more people, more problems. So in other, in other words, God wants to use you. God wants to do great things. But if you're always bitter and always unforgiving and always come on clap in your house right now just thank God God I want to be used and I want to go far and I want to do well and I want to have an awesome life but I know if I'm always so tainted if I'm always so broken if I'm always so bitter how can God use me Proverbs says it this way where there are no oxen the trough is clean in other words if you don't want problems just go hide get your Chick-fil-A go hide in your room but if you're going to sit at the banqueting table, if you're going to be in community, or dare I say it, if you're going to be in church, there will be problems. Because community is messy. Every one of us has baggage. Every one of us has problems. And God is trying to say to us, I don't want you to be blind. I do not want you to be broken. I do not want you to be bound, but please hear me. It is not for my children that you would live bitter. Watch what the Bible teaches us. Hebrews chapter 12, go to verse 14. I love this scripture. In every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition. Every sibling rivalry needs to hear that scripture today. And run swiftly towards holiness. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. 
and make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. Did you notice what he said there? I like the last verse because he, he the last thought, because he's saying, make, 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 hey, watch out for each other. Check in on your friends. Make sure your crew is good. Watch over your family. Make sure no root of bitterness gets in them. Because it will cause, and I've seen this my whole life, it will cause trouble and it will affect the hearts of many. Bitterness is that thing that never stays quiet. Bitterness is that thing that never keeps it to himself. Bitterness causes trouble here and then leaks out everywhere. Bitterness will mess with your family. Bitterness will mess with your business. Bitterness will mess with your future. Because it comes in here and then affects everywhere. I, I, I just want to remind you how good God is. He is the God that heals even our bitter parts. The parts of where we can't forgive and we can't let go. Oh, I feel the spirit of Frozen in this house today. If I could sing, I'll hit it right there. Let it go. But I can't. Frozen 1, Frozen 2, I can't do it. But you, you're singing in your head. It's too late to apologize. Chad, go back to Frozen. He said, watch out. Like, make sure you ever, you ever, you ever see somebody that's getting offended and you come to them and you're like, you good? And like. And he's like, come on, nah, fam. Like, are you good? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I think so. Like, we got to deal with this thing now. Before it takes root. When this thing takes root, we got problems. Now, I grew up with ungodly parents. And when I say ungodly parents, my parents made me do chores on Saturday. It's very ungodly. And so on Saturdays was chore day, worst day of the whole week. What was it? Saturday. So we go out and Saturdays we're doing chores. Now, my parents love to make me pull weeds. This is the, this is the meanest thing you could do to a child. This is the fold laundry, like hurts my back, but I'll do it. Do the dishes. I can unload the dishwasher. Pull weeds. This is cruel and unusual. So my parents would bring me out and they're like, okay, you're going to pull all these weeds here in the flower bed. And then you're going to go over here to the driveway. You're going to pull weeds. So I, my, my tactic was there's some weeds that they just pop out. Just like, boop, boop, like <laughs> easy. That's too, that's, that's just, that's, that, that works for me. But there's some weeds, if you've ever pulled weeds, you know, there's something, they just, they stuck in the ground. Now, one of my techniques, I'll teach you my weed pulling techniques today in church, is that when you've got a, a strong weed that's in the ground you got to take that hold that thing you turn twist am i preaching to anybody that's pulled some weeds you got to twist that thing and pull up the roots of it and if you ever pull up one of those you're just like oh yeah strong man comp today men's night in march let's go just stare at the the bottom of that root like what you got to say now sucker but, like, it, it, I got to be honest. If I couldn't get down to, like, if I couldn't pull it up, I would just, I would just move the gravel and move the bark so that it, you can't see any of the weed. And then I come back to my parents and be like, all right, finish my chores. I'm going to go play with my friends. And my dad, he's very ungodly. My dad would be like, um, let me, let's just go inspect your work first. Is it not bad enough that I work for you? Now you want to inspect my work? Who do you think you are, man? 
they'd come out and he'd look and he knew me so he was like all right let's just see how you did and he'd start to move around the gravel or the bark and he'd start to see all these weeds were still they were still in the ground they had not been pulled out see what i think about you is you've been able to cover in your life through social media and through your fashion and your activities and through your filters and and nobody can see the roots of bitterness that are in your heart but you know they're there and god knows they're there and today by the process of of the Holy Spirit by going to the power of God's word. God wants to uproot some unforgiveness. Maybe it's from your childhood. Maybe it's from 2020. God says for where I'm taking you and what I have for you, you cannot let these roots live. Why can't you stay with the root of bitterness? Because it's going to cause trouble in you and it's going to affect the heart of many. It's going to mess with your life. It's going to mess with other people's lives. So he says, we're going to get down to the root of the matter, to the heart of the matter. Religion always deals with the surface. Let's just, let's just cover it with bark. Je- with relationship with grace, Jesus says, let's get down to the heart and get it clean and get it soft and get it pure. Somebody thank him today. He's dealing with my heart. Look here in Ephesians 4. Watch Paul the Apostles writing. I love this. He says, lay aside bitter words temper tantrums that's a word for my children revenge profanity and insults but instead be kind and affectionate toward one another has God graciously forgiven you then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love has God forgiven you (laughs) well then you should forgive others You should have kind words and be tender-hearted and be gracious. So why are we so mad? Why are we so bitter? Why does it lead to such brokenness and such blindness and eventual bondage? Has God not forgiven you so graciously? See, I, I think that we stopped remembering that we need God's grace. We need God's forgiveness. I'm going to give you a few things that you can't forget when it comes to the area of forgiveness. Write down number one. Don't forget you need forgiveness. Don't forget that you need forgiveness. Well, I'm a sinner in need of grace. Don't forget it. Oh, I love that we, God told us this year that our theme is pray about everything. And in the, in the Lord's Prayer, what did he put forgiveness in the prayer? He says, when you pray, you ought to pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our bread, our gluten-free bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us. So here Jesus used uh, uh, economy. He uses money. He said, there was a debt that you owed me because of your sin. There was a bill that you needed to pay. There was something that you were indebted because of your sin. And forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have a bill towards us. No, listen, in other words, what God is trying to say is, I sent Jesus to cancel your bill. I sent my son to pay your debt. Have you ever gotten a bill that you know you can't pay? You ever gone to the hospital and be like, they charged me $10,000 for breathing? You, know, you, you get a bill, you're like, I, I know I can't pay this bill. I know I'm in debt over my head. Your sins 
have accumulated such a debt that you can never pay by merit, by works, by prayer, by giving, by church attendance. You can never, through your own morals and your own work ethic and striving, you can never repay this debt. But Jesus says to you and I, he says, I came and hung on a cross so that your sins may be paid in full. I think sometimes through the pride and arrogance of life, we're like, I'm not that bad. I'm not that. I'm, I'm, they're bad. I'm not that bad. It's a spirit of pride. It's a spirit of self-righteousness that says I'm better than somebody else. I don't know how to explain it any other way. Your sin stinks. Your sin is nasty. Your sin is disgusting. Sin is sin. There's no big sin and little sin. There's no sin that's like, oh, that's not that bad, man. Oh, but the, oh, that one's huge. No, sin is sin. Sin, by definition, is missing the mark. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have a debt that we owe. We all have a bill we cannot pay. And Jesus, in his love, came to forgive us. Are you grateful today that though your debt is huge, he paid it in full? So I think sometimes we, 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 we like to just justify and be like, yeah, what I did, I, we judge ourselves off intentions. We judge others off actions. See, I didn't mean to do, I didn't, it's not my, I didn't mean to do this. I was not my intentions. These are, these are my intentions. Just when I thought I said all I could. And I got a lot of songs flowing in me today. And we judge other people off actions. And if you would understand that you are a sinner, that is in need of forgiveness, it would be so much easier for you to forgive others. Look at 1 Timothy, what Paul says, Paul the apostle. He goes, here's, here's a trustworthy, faithful saying. This, this is worthy of all acceptance, he says. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I'm the worst. Life gets really, really easy when you understand I am a sinner. I want to do the right thing, but I rarely do it. I want to do the will of God, but I miss it. There's text messages I haven't returned. There are things that I have thought. There are things that I have said. I, I, all I do is miss the mark. All, all I'm in need of is my debt being paid. I am thankful that I can forgive those that are indebted to me because, come on, clap today in your home, because I know God forgave me. In fact, this is how you go from, right down the title of today's message, this is how you go from being bitter to better. See, God today is trying to take you from bitterness to betterness. And the betterness starts with going, thank you, Jesus, that you forgive me. I am wretched. I am poor. I am broken. I've got issues. I've got struggles. And yet you love me and you accept me. How good are you? So the first one is understanding I need forgiveness. I'm in need of this stuff. And the second one, write down number two. I love this thought. Don't forget that forgiven people forgive people. It's just that easy. It's like once I understand that I'm forgiven, how could I not forgive? The Bible says freely you have received, freely give. I love that the kingdom of God is all about giving. But the kingdom of God first is about receiving. And if I receive forgiveness, I can give forgiveness. But I cannot give away what I do not have. So I got to receive your love, your forgiveness, your second chances, your mercy. Oh, blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. 
Listen, when you start drinking the Kool-Aid, you start serving the Kool-Aid. When you start drinking it, listen, don't be the starving baker. You cannot give away what you don't have. The more I say, God, you forgive me, you love me, you accept me, you approve of me. I'm, I, I know I'm, I'm broken. I know I make mistakes. I know I'm not perfect. But I, I'm born on this earth. I will not be perfect until I get to heaven. So while I'm here, I'll miss it. While I'm here, I'll say dumb things. While I'm here, I'll have a bad attitude. While I'm here, I'll struggle with rebellion. While I'm here, I'll have to stay away from vices. So God, thank you that you forgive me. Help me to forgive others. Forgiven people forgive people. I wonder if you struggle in the area of forgiveness because you struggle in the area of forgiveness. That God forgives your past. You might have made a mistake. You are not a mistake. You are not defined by your past. You are defined by your future. You are not what the world says you are. You are what God says you are. You're not defined by a season of your life, a moment of your life, a relationship in your life. I know the world tried to cancel you, but God's trying to call you. And forgiven people forgive people. When you, receive, when you drink in the forgiveness of the cross and the forgiveness of our Savior and the forgiveness of His love, you're like, <laughs> I refuse to hold on to that. If God for, forgives me of the big, bad, evil things I've done, how can I? I... I I'm just, I'm, you know, holding on to offenses will make you exhausted. Living with hatred is such a burden to bear. And when you get, when you get forgiveness, you get freedom. Forgiven people forgive people. But Jesus explained this. This is his new world paradigm. Religious people are struggling. Even the disciples are just, are they're struggling with it. And so Jesus is talking about forgiveness and forgiveness. And Pete's like, okay. It's cool, man. We love you, Jesus. Your long hair. It's beautiful. <laughs> hey, like, <laughs> how many times do you think? <laughs> no, it's, I'm, I'm in, man. I'm in. I'm in. I, the, the walking on water, you sealed the deal. I'm in. I'm in. The whole, that whole fish loaves thing, dude, you're awesome. I'm in. Here's my question, my struggle, sir. Uh, perfect one. Where, I, where, you, <laughs> where you really got me, man? <laughs> uh, I'm just, uh, you, you really got me in this whole forgiveness idea. How many times? What do you, what do you think, man? Like seven? He's like, he's like being, you ever have someone like be sarcastic with you and you're like, they're trying to make a point? What do you, what do you think, man? Like seven? Jesus is like, oh, man. You're going to deny me three times, aren't you? He looks at Peter, he's like, Peter, I don't say to you seven times, but seven times 70. He is emphasizing, Peter, it is not about a number. It is, I don't limit how much forgiveness I give you. I, I, I have unlimited grace. I have unlimited mercy. And the same unlimited mercy I give to you, I need you to give to other people that are broken that are blind and are bound and they are bitter. 
Listen, hurt people hurt people, and forgiven people forgive people. Don't match hurt with hurt. When someone hurts you, just, uh, just see the ugliness that's inside of them. Just see past it and through it. Just like God sees past your hurt and your pain and your brokenness. Someone clap today and thank him. Forgiven people forgive people. So you know what we need to do? Write, write down number three. You need to, don't forget, to develop a forgiving spirit. Just develop this within you. Develop a forgiving spirit. Watch Psalm. I love this about God. Psalm 86.5. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. For you, Lord God, you are ready to forgive. You see, the problem is, is that you are so shocked by the betrayal. You are so surprised by the fallout. You were so shook by the, by the fact that someone walked out on you. You couldn't believe somebody that perpetrated your life. And just, so it threw you. Listen, listen, you got to prepare yourself for forgiveness. You got to make a predetermined faith decision. D- don't, don't wait till you get in the moment. Don't wait till the emotions are high. Don't wait to see. No, no. All of life is about making a predetermined faith decision. I love this. Listen, all throughout the scriptures, you see the people that did well, they already decided, this is my stance. They came to to Daniel, and they're like, Daniel, you got to stop praying. If you don't stop praying, we're going to throw you in the lion's den. He made a predetermined faith decision. He said, you can do whatever you want. It's not changing my mind. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They said, listen, if you don't change what you're doing, we're going to throw you in a fiery furnace. They made a predetermined faith decision. Your life needs to be... I'm ready to forgive. When it comes to your purity, don't wait till you're in temptation. Make a predetermined faith decision. I will not compromise. When it comes to your tithes and offerings, don't wait till payday. No, make a predetermined faith decision. I'm a tither in the house of God. I give my first and my best to God's house. When it comes to forgiveness, Don't you wait until a comment, a lack of invitation, somebody messing with you, you being canceled. Make a predetermined faith decision. For you, O Lord God, are ready to forgive. See, the problem is you haven't lived your life prepared to let offenses go, to let hurts go, to let baggage go, and something's taking root in you that's got to come out of you. you got to make a predetermined faith decision. I love Jesus. Jesus is hanging on the cross. They're mocking him. They're betraying him. They're laughing at him. They're spitting on him. They're making a mockery of our Christ, our Lord. He's hanging on the cross. He's not like, man, I didn't know it was going to be this bad. I'm bleeding. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. I'm in struggle. This is my life. What am I going to do? How am I going to treat these people? He says on the cross, Father, forgive them. He made a predetermined faith decision you got to start developing you a forgiving spirit. You know, so-and-so said this about you. All right. Bless them. Bless them. All that they're telling me is that they're broken or they're bound or they're blind or they're bitter. 
I'm not letting their bitterness take root in my heart. I'm not letting their blindness affect my vision. I'm, I'm developing a forgiving spirit. See, you, 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 you ought to live your life understanding one thing, that your spirit trumps everything. I, I, I tried to write about this and help I work with people. One of the chapters is called, Don't Break Your Stride. See, there's going to be opportunities for you to get creased, there's going to be opportunities for people to slow you down. And you got to make the decision right now. I'm developing a forgiving spirit because I know i got a call on my life. I know that i got a legacy to build. I know i got something in store for me. And I'm not letting somebody's comment, somebody's pain affect my family and affect my spirit and affect my... You're not taking root in my heart. What takes occupancy here is Jesus. You don't get to live in my heart. So I don't live with unharbored bitterness. As the bitterness comes in, I let it go. Some of you have people that have been posted up in your harbor, messing around with your area. No, you got to let it go. Worship team, come join me. Here's the last one. Don't forget to possess what you profess. See, because I think when it comes to the area of forgiveness, there's a lot of people like, yeah, man, I get it. I forgive, 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 I forgive. But all the while, you got roots, roots, roots. So listen, you profess what you do not possess. By the way, Zoe, let's just be honest about us as a church. There are things that we profess that we do not yet possess. We will never be able to tell at Zoe Church if we are Jesus-loving church in worship you walk into any church on a Sunday, hands are lifted high, people are loving God, people are worshiping. We won't be able to tell who you really are in the worship service, but you go to the parking lot and I'll tell you who we really are. Translation in 2021, you go on social media and you find out who we really are. See, we, po- we possess things that we do not profess. I profess forgiveness, but I possess bondage. Bitterness? How do I close the gap, God, between who I am and who I say I am? How how do I, God, close the gap between my values and my behavior? Some of you, what what I'm saying to you is you understand this in theory. You do not understand this in practice. And the enemy telling you he's he's up in your bees list he's like which bee we're gonna what, what, what what's what's gonna work for this bondage brokenness what do you think blind none of those work all right, all right I, got, I got the best one let's just make them bitter because if we can get them bitter Go back to the first verse, Hebrews 12. What do he say? Don't let anybody watch out for your friends and your family. Don't let this take root. It's going to cause trouble. It's going to affect many people. This is a big deal. I don't want you to profess these things. I want you to possess these things. For where you're going and what God has for your life. If you'll be honest enough together 
move the bark. There's a few things that have taken root from your childhood. Maybe it was last year. But there's some things that God's like, if you'll let me in, I am the great surgeon that can remove the pain. I call this spiritual amnesia. It's not that I can't remember, that I choose in faith to forget. I can remember the moment. I can remember the combo. I can remember the incident. I can remember the person. This person abused me, abandoned me. This one betrayed me. And I have let them live in my house or in my heart or in my home my whole life. These actually are comforting me because I've lived in such bitterness my whole life. I've got to say, no, 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 no. I want to take total occupancy. I want they they listen, they've got a they've got an eviction notice right now. They've got to go. Bitterness cannot live in you any longer. You're not just gonna profess these things, you're gonna possess these things. You'll be possessed by the Holy Spirit, you'll be possessed by the word of God, you'll be possessed by the love of Jesus. Oh, I just love this because I'm thinking about Joseph in the Bible. If you don't know much about Joseph, this awesome story in the Old Testament. And Joseph's this kid, he's got a dream. Long story short, he tells his dream to the wrong people. Hold on, just real fast. Don't, don't use the drums yet because I've got to tell a longer story and it would, you'll rush me. It's facts. I'm not bitter. I'm just, stop. <laughs> so he has this dream. He tells it to the wrong people. Long story short, his, his brothers are like, I don't like that dream. They sell him into slavery. He gets, he gets sold into slavery, and long story short, he gets passed around, and he just lives, a, it's just a terrible life. But the whole way through, Joseph stays sweet. Joseph stays kind. See, some of you right now, you're in an awful situation. Hear me. You are called to set the temperature. You are called to change the atmosphere. Just because you're in the wrong place doesn't mean God still can't use you, and you can't, still can't be loving kindness. So long story short, Joseph, years later, he gets elevated, he gets promoted. He's looking after this, this kingdom and his brothers who sold him into slavery have to appear to him. They don't recognize Joe, but Joe recognizes them. And Joe starts to cry. And he's like, oh my gosh, it's my brothers. They sold me into slavery. But he's not bitter. In fact, he's not, he's not, he's not broken. He, he's not bound to something. He's not blind. He's good. Now, the Bible says when Joseph sees his brothers, he can see, he can recognize them. They don't recognize him. He starts to cry, and he starts to weep. Why? I want to just say this. You have to understand. I am not saying that the things that happen to you are not important. I am not minimizing the pain of what happened in your life. There is emotion that is real. There is trauma that is real. There is hurt that is real. So you need room to cry. You need room to grieve. You need room to process. You need room. God has all the room in the world for your emotions. It's just that in the emotions, you can't let bitterness take root. He's crying because it hurts. He's crying because he can remember being sold. He, can, he, he, can, he can't believe that he's seen his brothers. He cries. Long story short, he reveals himself to them. They're thinking, oh my gosh, Joseph is going to be so bitter. He is going to kill us. He is just... Joseph speaks tender words, words of promise, words of hope. He looks at his brothers and he says, hey guys, just... I know you did that to me, but 
I've lived my whole life believing that God is the author and the finisher of my life, and you are not. I think some of us, our biggest problem is we have given others control over the narrative of your life. God is the author. God is writing the chapters. God is not done with you yet. Stop giving people control over the story of your life. God is a good author. Watch what he says to his brothers here in Genesis chapter 45. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourself for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been a famine in the land and for the next five years there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. What I love about Joseph is Jesus is a greater and truer Joseph. Joseph is a typecast. He is a foreshadow of a greater that would come. And Joseph said, I in all forgiveness forgive you because God wants a greater deliverance. Do you see Jesus on the cross? He says, I forgive you because God wanted a greater deliverance. The same spirit of forgiveness that was in Jesus is the same spirit of forgiveness that was in Joseph. Listen, start developing a forgiving spirit. Start saying today, I will make no room for bitterness in my life. I'm not going to let it cause trouble in me, and it will not. Some of you, your homes are being destroyed because of bitterness. Your relationships are being destroyed because of bitterness. Your business is being destroyed because of bitterness, and God is saying to you, I forgive you. I love you. Let me wash you. Let me heal you. Let me free you. You see what God's trying to do? He's trying to take you from bitterness to betterness. Only grace can take the hardest heart and make it soft. Only grace can take the meanest person and make them kind. Only grace can take the furthest person and bring them home. Only grace can take the bitter and make them become better. Let me pray over you today. Jesus, I thank you over our church right now. Heal our blindness. Touch our brokenness. Free us from our boundness. But God, today, release our bitterness. We choose to forgive. We choose to let go. We choose, God, to say yes to your plan for our life. If you forgave our debt, let us forgive those that are indebted to us. We believe right now, God, as we let it go, soften our hearts. Heal us on the inside. 